Welcome to Read, Watch, Play. I'm James. I'm Cleo. And I'm Justin. And once again, we are joined by special guest Corinne. Hello. For our topic episode, for our theme of lifetime travel. We'll be covering a replay written by Ken Grimwood. Looper, directed by Rian Johnson. And Life is Strange by Don't Nod Entertainment. So as with all of our theme episodes, this is going to be entirely spoiler friendly. Um, So if you've not read watched or played any of the things we're going to be talking about or listened to our previous episodes do know spoilers are fair game all the way through this one so what do you want to talk about guys? Right, yeah we should talk about things <laughs> so it's interesting because i mean we're covering material that all has time travel within a character's own lifespan but it's pretty the kind of mechanics of time travel are pretty different throughout all three things yeah so in replay right you have someone who has very little control Uh, The main character, Jeff, keeps starting in his, like, what, early 20s or when he's, like, 18 or then going on forward and um, going until he's 40-something, dying and starting back earlier in his life, and he can't prevent himself dying. He doesn't have control over when he goes back to, exactly. Um, Then in Looper, you have one instance, really, of time travel where Bruce Willis's character goes back. Mm-hmm. And then you have Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's also playing the same, the younger version of him, trying to go after him. And then with uh, Life is Strange, she has much more power than anybody else, any of the other protagonists yeah, that we've been talking direct, about. Yeah, she has direct control of everything that's going on. Yeah, so I think it's safe to say that if any of us could time travel within our own lifespan, but only using the kind of abilities that we've seen so far during this topic, we would choose Max's powers. Oh, yeah. Hands down. I don't know about that. I mean, because, I mean, in part, I mean, it her powers take way more of a toll, though, than anything that uh, any of the other characters have to deal with. I mean, it Looper, obviously, is a little bit different because it's it's a very different kind of thing when older joe comes back from the future he's not say in his younger body or anything like that he's still aged and now there are just two of him in the past and that's a rough situation to be in not least of which because he's got the mafia hunting him down but i don't know i would almost say in something like replay where the time travel you don't have control over it but it's also not like taking that physical toll on just you as a person the way that it does on max and i mean even then we talked about this some in our specific life is strange episode but towards the end of the game it's it's unclear why this is true but it certainly seems like max's powers have the most consequences out of anyone else's yeah giant tornado coming to like wipe out a town and whatnot although we did talk about whether or not those things were actually related true um, my thinking is that like, if, if I could live, if I could live the like replay time travel once, I might choose that. But if I was stuck in the actual replay cycle where I had to repeatedly live my life over and over and go through the kind of like emotional and existential like problems that Jeff went through in replay, I don't know that I would choose that over being able to control it myself, regardless of the toll that it takes on me. Because I would say, I mean... Do you actually get to control it yourself? I mean, do you have to just go through this for like a week and then find out that you just need to go back to the beginning and never use it? And is that the implication of having Max's powers? No. The ending is garbage. Max only had a week to figure out her power. She's going to get so much better at it. That's the secret sequel is Max becomes a super powered, amazing, time traveling badass and learns how to do things without consequences. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we don't know whether she keeps her powers or not at the end of that. Like, it, I mean, I don't know why I assumed that she wouldn't have her powers anymore when there's no indication well, that Because she... the idea is that the event that was, like, the catalyst for her powers didn't happen. And because she didn't... And then because she changed the catalyst from ever happening by using her powers and going through the picture when she reverted back into her... Like, when that sequence ended and she went back to her future body, like... Does that also? I mean, but oh. then, you, but then you have time travel paradox problems where if she never got her powers, how was she able to travel through? The, how did the events happen, and then she was able to travel through the picture and blah 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 blah. But, Diagrams of straws, right? Yeah. But my idea is that if the catalyst didn't happen, then she never gets her powers. Or I mean, she could develop them again later. Oh, I don't know. See, I think I it 
it sounds like I'm more in line with what I get the impression you're thinking, Corinne, is that I think she still has her powers. She just has to consciously choose not to use them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah. 100%. Also, the idea that she loses her powers by going back and like not saving Chloe is also in line with the idea that the universe is intelligent fate is a thing and something something out there wants things to happen some way and chooses really really poor methodology to impart lessons which i don't subscribe to and i don't like and so i just choose to believe that max still has her powers no matter what yeah though i mean that's been a key feature to plenty of stories including arguably replay oh sure but yeah i don't know i feel like that that is a really hard thing I mean, because you've got that situation where I guess when I hit the ending to that game, wow, we jumped right to the ending of life is strange real fast. Hopefully anyone who didn't actually play it jumped out. Um, they got their warnings. Yeah. Well, but I just, I don't know when, when I got to like the ending of that game and in, in the ending where you sacrifice Chloe and you save Arcadia Bay. And I mean, it just comes in like for me, part of that moment and like Spanish Sahara starts playing and you're going through and Max goes to the funeral. I, I think part of what, like that scene was for me was Max sitting there and still having those powers and knowing that she had to go through all these situations where she was being like tempted to go back and save Chloe and being reminded of this person and having to actively make the choice to not do it. And it's not just that one moment where she doesn't do it, but it's like every moment for the rest of her life that she has to actively go back and not save this person who mattered to her. Man. Yeah. Shit some dark stuff there i do have to say i think that the version of max that was you know inhabiting max's body before um time travel powered max like came back into her body at the funeral Mm. didn't have any clue about time travel powers also how much would it have sucked if if max hadn't come back to her body at chloe's funeral and had just missed it Ugh. That would have been so bad. I mean, but the idea is that oh, I guess it would be the timing of it all. Yeah, it's the yeah. timing of it all. It because just... if she warped back into her own body, I mean, like a week later at this point, yeah, she totally could have just missed it. Yeah, I believe if, time travel. What if powers, she did but... miss it? Yeah. What if the what if the what funeral? if the funeral was just like it's just a cutscene? That's true. And the version of her that is in her body at that point is not the version of her that we were playing. That's, that's could be very possible. I mean, and also really the scene sad. implies that the the Max that we've been playing has come back because she like is she all like sad and then suddenly like right? and suddenly like smiles and the butterfly comes down. All this yeah. junk. Yeah. But you know, Max in the moment is a you know art kid, and she might have just thought, "Oh look, blue butterfly, how symbolic," and smiled at that. So we actually have no idea. Maybe the Max that we played with is gone. Maybe she erased herself from yeah. the timeline by altering that event. I don't know. All right, how about, never know. All right, how about this question, though? If she still has her powers and she trips and falls and throws her hands out to catch herself, <laughs> does she, she doom the world because she doesn't have a picture to go back to right before that? <laughs> <laughs> she, has to, she has to figure out that she can go back into pictures and then, or wait, are we talking about the max that goes back into her body. It'd be we max. talking about tripping and falling. Either max, I guess. Yeah. Being a catalyst. Can yeah. you imagine if that's the, that's all it takes? Okay. And she just like f- freezes. Yeah. Time. It's just, she, um, she's gained this ability to go back in time by throwing her hand out at some indeterminate point between the last time she threw her hand out in front of herself. Right. And that and moment time. in the bathroom. Yeah. This is why I like the idea of max having time travel powers regardless like Max just as a person is somebody who for whatever reason can develop these powers and that's the theory that I subscribe to because you get moments like this where you have to wonder yeah she trips and falls a year after Chloe's funeral and stops time and then just tornado just like starts brewing and she can't do anything about it she doesn't have time travel powers she has tornado generation powers <laughs> yeah that's the... with a with a side of time travel that's what it is the tornado generate the weird shit that starts happening is her actual powers and the fact that she travels through time is the side effect yeah somewhere out there there's some like just oh my frustrated God. deity who's just like no i gave you the ability to make whales die not travel through time <laughs> 
You this, wasted this it. This is just an accident. <laughs> this all ties back to a series of increasingly ridiculous theories that I was throwing at, uh, at Clayton to try to explain what was going on. And one of them was, Matt, for the tornado, uh, one of them was Max's time travel powers work in a localized area except on the weather. So the tornado is the result of like, of like all of these different weather masses like hitting oh, each other. Oh, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. Or like not not that no, it was it was more localized. So her powers are actually like in a in a specific location. So like that massive pressure clouds whatever keeps like slamming into the the like rest of the world around them as it comes back into fo- I don't know. Something yeah. about weather, something about tornadoes, powers work, blah blah blah. <laughs> Everybody laugh now. <laughs> But okay, so Justin, though you would take you would take Max's powers, yeah. If if I could have a replay happen and it would be one replay, mm-hmm. and I knew that my life would continue, I I would do that instead. I mm-hmm. think, but yeah, I think I think I would choose control over just about any other option. All right, how about you, Cleo? This is totally cheating and not an answer, but I want the powers from About Time, where he can like <laughs> go into a dark space and think about a time in his life that happened like before and go back to that time change it and then go back to the future so you want max's photo power yeah but without like the fucking tornadoes and whales well sure (laughs) yeah um i don't yeah i mean it's similar to that except for no 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 there's no like the side effects don't really have like he doesn't like get nosebleeds and like destroy everything because of it like he has no negative i mean there are occasionally negative side effects of that movie i know we did not cover this movie at all in uh yeah, so we, we but... won't spoil a different movie in our podcast, <laughs> but but yeah, there's no, there are no negative side effects to his health and like yeah immediate well being. Yeah, I mean, like he just has to make smart choices, basically. Yeah. But I mean, given I mean, with the three things that we were looking at, yeah, given these choices, yeah, I mean, no I want... just picking the best one. <laughs> I kind of want. I would say Max's, but I mean, again, I think I'm with you, Justin. Where if I could get one replay. I'd go back, but being stuck in a continuing with a loop, which without like any hope of like, especially if you're in Jeff's shoes and you don't know, like, is yeah. it going to end? How is it going to end? Then it ends with like a million heart attacks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that does not sound fun. Nope. One replay would be cool though. All right, Corinne. Um, uh, I think I'd like to live in the world of Looper. I do not like the Where I- time travel has not been invented, but. 30 years from now. I mean, I'll I'll be the person who, I'll be the person who owns time travel once it's been invented and maybe a mafia boss, whatever. But, uh, Mm. I really don't like the, the, um, the existential horror of a life that is similar, but not your own, which is what you get in replay. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then also what you get in life is strange when max goes through the photographs so i guess maybe max's powers if you took out the photograph part or just you don't use it well i succumb to temptation very easily so. <laughs> important thing to know about yourself yeah. um so yeah that's yeah so am i the only one who would just take jeff's replay straight up as it is not just single replay but multiple yeah you're crazy do you think uh, that you you could like mentally withstand that? I like don't get me wrong, I think it would be hard, but I think that would be the one I would take still. The I mean, answer is no, but James wants to become the person who can withstand something like that. Like don't get me wrong, like I'm sure it would be terrible, but <laughs> I don't it cuz I'll say this. This was one of the big things that I kept thinking in replays. He deals a lot with the fact that he like can't take anything with him between replays, mm-hmm. but he seems to miss the fact that he remembers all of his previous replays. So if he devotes his life to like learning shit, I mean, like he could cure cancer, right? Sure. Theoretically, like given the technology of the time, maybe not, but he has, he could go and say, and he talks about like having already like read all these books, but so let's say you do that, but let's say you devote your life to studying something and then you get to come back and go and you just say, you have that knowledge still. And you can go and forth through it and you can just build up literal lifetimes worth of knowledge about something. And I mean, I guess like you have to do that like every time. And maybe then the question is, what do you do after, say, on like replay five, you've had some important breakthrough and then you come back and you're just like, hey, guess what? I know this thing 
and I can't show you how or I don't have any evidence, like maybe that would be where it all falls through. But I don't know. That would be that for me is just one of the really interesting things that is because I, I wonder if you could build up a certain amount of continuity. I think you want to be a vampire from Jim Jarmusch's Only Lovers Left Alive, <laughs> which is like. I'm not familiar with that, but I, I'm not saying no. It's like Tilda Swinton, Tom Hiddleston, and Mia Wasikowska. And, um, yeah, it's a pretty good cast. It's, I mean, it's, it's like these vampires are like really, really old, so they like read, they could read really fast, and they have all these books, and they like, Tom Hiddleston's character is like an amazing musician because he's just dedicated like hundreds of years to learning different, different instruments. Then yes. And then like, you know, you don't have like the pain of going back and no one has like remembers all this shit you've been through like the other vampires remember i mean given like all your every mortal is dead but well but but they're also potentially other replayers oh true right you just have to find your pamela yeah and hopefully not like a serial killer replayer true yeah and don't like i think that there's even like an appeal to that too right though where it's you get to just go back and do it all over again and make like totally different choices and say it's just like okay well this time i was like an artist or something and that was like that went horribly or but like this time i can't draw for shit yeah it turns out <laughs> turns out it's not just about a certain number of hours of practice that's something that <laughs> wouldn't it suck if like your dream was i want to become like an opera singer so you go back through like three lifetimes like getting all these like opera voice training and it just turns out you're fucking tone deaf so like no awful. amount of replays are gonna help you yeah but no, like, I think that would be the big thing. It's just getting to do all those things where it's like it, I don't know, when you have those like once in a lifetime opportunities to like do something and to have like multiple, I don't know. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, but then it's not a God, once in a lifetime can you opportunity. imagine reliving through school again? Yeah, like, that would be. Jesus I mean, listen, Christ. if I was going to have the, the ability to replay, I don't think I would go any further back than my freshman year of college. I wouldn't want to. Like, I wouldn't want to replay this. Like, if I could commit to be like, all right, I'm going to be a replayer, but this shit doesn't start until I'm 45, and I only go back to, like, 18. I think even if I were to go back to high school, like, it would be hard to, like, go back to being, like, a minor in a lot of ways and not having that kind of agency over your life. Yeah. But, I mean, it's the kind of thing, though, where, again, though, if you say that your goal is to amass knowledge or something like that, like, I'm, I don't know, I feel like I could go back and, like, fucking kick ass at high school. And like, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of like work that you have to do and like writing, et cetera. And that could get really frustrating, but I don't, I wonder if it would be the kind of thing where, cause like I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't pick the same major in college. Like mm -hmm. even like, let's say I went back to like freshman year and don't get me wrong. Like I, I like my major and comp sci has been like a useful thing, but I would totally go back and be like, no, the real thing that I want to know is like, what would my life have been like if instead of comp sci, I did English or psych or creative writing or just some yeah. other thing. So I think that would be the big thing. I think it would almost it would almost be harder to come back in the middle of college where it's not like, all right, you're on your way out and then you can get the degree and then do whatever you want after that. But you're also not at the point where you can swap. Yeah. You just be like, oh yeah, I'm like ass deep in this and now I just need to finish it out and like see. And then every the time you replay, you just have to do the same thing. Yeah. But I guess that would also be the other hard thing, though, right? Because what about then when you start coming back after college and you're locked into having that degree? Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, well, turns which, out this thing that I really want. Which degree are you locked into having? I think you're locked into having whatever you did the first time, right? Okay. So, like, I guess for me, I would be locked into a comp sci degree. But what if I went and I found out that, like, the shit that I really wanted to do was, like, biology or something else that would require, like an undergrad degree and recommended and we right. biology program was terrible <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean like let's say like let's say that i do pursue like the trying to like cure cancer thing and it's like and then i go and it's like okay well i know that i need these certain like certifications for anyone to take me seriously so i'll go do these things but then i'll go and i'll just happen to be like oh well what if i did research in this thing that i secretly know is going to be like the big breakthrough that i need right but i can't get in because i no longer can get like You're the undergrad biology degree because i'm locked into I don't know. i'm getting it's like serious existential angst right now just thinking about like how locked into shit we already are in our like mid early to mid 20s and i think that's, that's yeah that's I, the appeal for me yeah but here's the thing also right like there are all these upsides right to like what if i chose this instead but think about like there are certain events in jeff's life and and you know hypothetically in ours that if we went back to say like if we were like 18 17 bad things that happened that we would not be able to change like people had to die mm -hmm. and we could just like we don't have any power over that or just like 
relationships that just went to shit and for some whatever reason we don't have like control over that or or like people we know we can't you know con- we can only control ourselves we can't let's say like we like our, our parents got divorced or like or we had two friends who had a horrible falling out or like whatever it's something that we didn't we don't have any power over and we still have to like relive that and witness that all over again like is it worth it to go back if you have to kind of go get dragged through all this shit that was really traumatic the first time like is it going to be worse the second time around or is it better because you're prepared for it or like how much of it have you blocked out so it's actually worse than you thought it was i don't know like i think you're right like that'd be the really hard thing is and i mean jeff goes through that a lot right where he he has the friend who commits suicide who is like it's a very minor part in the book like it seems like this is going to be like a plot line that goes somewhere at the beginning and it just does not but yeah he just devo- it's just there's a note like through the first handful of replays that every single time he did everything in his power to make sure that he didn't commit suicide and he usually still ended up getting divorced and his life still ended up being not great but he was able to make things just good enough that like yeah. he, he never became suicidal. Right. So I guess there are some things like that that you would be able to fix. And I mean, if you're talking about like a relationship that goes bad or something, you could maybe end that on better terms or end it sooner. Or you could just be like, oh, yeah, like I know that this relationship is going to last three months. And at the end of it, like they're going to like stab me in the kidney. And it's like, OK, <laughs> I'm going to wake up in a tub full of ice. With yeah. No kidneys. Yeah. It's like so that's the kind of thing that you can like bounce out of at like, you know, the month and a half mark. But <laughs> the sex was good, so like we still need to have this relationship for a little while. But I need to get out before the crazy involves yeah, stealing before, my kidneys. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's some things like that where yeah, you could make it better. But yeah, I don't know about something that is just like way out of your control. I mean, like you said, like say your parents get divorced. Like, is that the kind of thing where it's like, and you're like 16? Like, that's not the kind of thing where you know as as easy as it can be to blame yourself. That's not your fault. There's nothing you can do there to change the fact that they don't have like a satisfying marriage. Yeah, that could be really hard. See, but then then what you get into is you know what are you changing? What do you do? Like, what is the end result of your action if you prevent these things from happening the way they happen? Sure. Like let like don't forget what the fuck life is strange taught us. <laughs> sure. It was like well my my parents were gonna die in a car accident but they didn't and. Now a tornado is coming. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, or, and then uh, Chloe's in the car accident, right? Is right. What you're like, so instead I end up in a, in a coma. Yeah. I can't even replay. Yeah. Oh God. What if that, they never really get into that. They, they skirt around it with the plane crash, but yeah, like I'm kind of surprised. Like he has that moment where he's like, I don't know what's going to happen if I die. Yeah. And it's like, I'm kind of surprised they, they never, they didn't have like, or choose to have one replay. That was, um, you know, Jeff hits it like an absolute low point and, and like straight up tries to commit suicide and can't, right? Like is he, physically he, unable to or is no, no, just no, he does. I mean, either, you know, he can't bring himself to do it, which would be, I think, could be a compelling storyline in and of itself, in and of itself. But um, the idea that he just replays, mm-hmm. it just starts Oh, it over. just starts again no matter yeah. what. Which is kind of, I mean, like, what happens with Groundhog's Day, right? Where, like, there's several, there's a whole, I mean, I'm not spoiling Groundhog's Day, because you haven't fucking seen that by now. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, we have, like, a, maybe a five to ten year radius on on spoilers. But, like, he tries to kill himself. It's really, it's uh, it's darkly funny, where there's, like, just a sequence where he tries killing himself in several different ways, and none of them work. Like, he, or they, it works, but... Then he every, wakes up yeah, every single time again. he just angrily wakes up the next morning or the same morning yeah, that morning yeah. yeah i don't know what the grammar gets difficult <laughs> but yeah actually speaking of that though and in getting into not really talking about the ways that the time travel works in replay that's the kind of thing where i i think there are a lot of things that we see in like two out of three of the three things that we picked which i think is really cool but one thing that's absolutely consistent across all three is this just aversion to getting too into all the specifics about the replays, which I think can be fun because we can sit here and talk about like, oh, well, yeah, like can Max just like not throw her hands out anymore? Does she still have her powers? Hard to say. <laughs> Our, I mean, we talked about it a lot in the episode, but we just kind of take it on faith that not using her powers prevents all these national natural disasters or that they would just stop after if she decides to like save Chloe and sacrifice Arcadia Bay, that she's not just like, ending the world in that situation yeah i still think my like favorite thing would have just been that like 
they were completely unrelated and she was getting visions of the tornado so that she could try to like evacuate the town and help everybody and said so, totally instead, misinterpreted instead she just stops she's like oh if i don't use my time travel powers it'll be fine and then like the tornado ruins the town anyway yeah like i think a lot of that would have been really interesting but so it doesn't really get into it replay doesn't get into it and as much as jeff and pamela try to and then looper very explicitly tells you to fuck off when you try and think too much about <laughs> it like, because you're supposed to focus on this other shit right now. Yeah. But so I don't know. I, that was something that I really liked about them. What did, what did everyone else think about that kind of reluctance to get too deep into the, the time travel shit? I mean, I think that's necessary to create a compelling time travel story because time travel is inherently broken. Like as a thing, I like, I just time travel is ripe with creating paradoxes that, you know, very well could end the universe all those implications that always get talked about but like like realistically i don't think there is a, a good way that time travel works because almost anything that you do if you if you travel back in time in a time machine in order to alter your own timeline then you the you that travels back in the time machine never did it so how could you alter the timeline that you know so on and so forth and and so that's why with looper it makes a lot of sense to me with replay I mean, it could be explained, but it would just detract from the story. That's the one where probably it's it's less about how explaining it becomes a problem as opposed to explaining it just being unnecessary. You you run too much of a risk of your explanation being like really fucking ridiculous and shitty is yes. the thing. Like if you came up with a great mechanic that made sense and like had relatively few paradoxes, I think that's great, but it's really hard to do that. And even if you think that you've come up with something that's great like that Another chances are like your readers are gonna be like no this is bullshit i mean my favorite i was gonna say my favorite time travel author but my favorite author i think in general is connie willis and she writes a lot of um time travel stories and i was listening to an interview with her once where they were like saying do you you know do you prefer this more scientific approach to time travel that's a little bit more accurate with what we know about like you know physics and quantum i don't know shit science shit that I don't have any like grasp on or this kind of obviously broken time travel, but that is narratively kind of more friendly. Right. And she's like, I'm going to choose the better story, you know, each time, whatever is going to lend itself to a better narrative, because I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm not a scientist trying to say, well, this is how it could work. If we were to like really try to do it, like this is going to make the better book. Mm -hmm. I got to say there was this moment in, uh, in replay that, when I, I heard it when I was listening to replay, it took me so hard, like, to Life is Strange, that it was, like, whiplash. Um, it was towards the end when, I think they were at the cabin, and Pamela was just, like, she was distraught, and she was just, like, we tried to change things, but nothing we did ultimately mattered. And it was just this moment of despair for her, I guess, and it... It, it took me over to, to Life is Strange because it's like nothing you do in that game as it was presented to us matters. It doesn't yeah. mean jack shit. I think Looper is the only one where actions really matter. Consequences? Yeah. And that's only because he literally removes himself from the equation. Yeah. And that's the other weird thing. I mean, we've talked a lot about replay in Life is Strange, but in Looper, it's like how disturbing would it be to meet like your future or your past self i mean like there's just something inherently disturbing about that i think yeah i'd say so because like you meet your future self you i mean i just would be like terrified because what does that person know that happened to us that like could potentially be horrible mm -hmm. also like have they aged horribly and because like life is just like fuck them up like am i gonna see future cleo's face and be like oh shit like life really like put you through the ringer there and like again like meeting your past self who doesn't know all this shit's gonna happen to you right it's like what do you tell that person yeah and, how do you how do you face them at all yeah golly I, I don't know if like i just haven't had enough tragic things happen to me or if i'm just really good at reconciling stuff with myself but i don't i don't share this kind of view like horrified view of my own personal concrete timeline I don't, like, I don't hold the view of like my timeline as it is now, but I do feel it's inevitable that that kind of stuff over the course of a, like, you know, half of a life could build up in such a way. I've had enough shit happen that I don't want to like confront a future or past version of me. 
I mean, it makes you wonder if it's almost more of like a like a Doc Brown situation where you have to go and so you meet this time traveler and your first reaction is that just like, oh, you want to know, but then you need to be like, no, 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 don't tell me anything about the future because it might alter these things and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I mean, it, I mean, spoilers for Back to the Future, but <laughs> like that ends up being like a really important thing, right? But I, I wonder if, I mean, kind of harking back to what you were saying earlier, Corinne, where I wonder if I would be able to not tell my future, rather not ask my future self things or not tell my past self things. Yeah. Like, I think that would be the really hard thing because I think it would be so tempting to just be like, well, but yeah, there's that like one thing that like I wish that I'd known or something like that. Or it's just like, oh, you know, here's this thing that I like regret. So like try and do this or asking myself is just like, what's the biggest mistake that I'm going to make in the next 20 years? And like, how can I not make that? And I think it's a really hard question. It's just not really even a question of like, oh, whether I'd be able to deal with that or what, but just whether that's like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Also, like, would it be right to try to prepare your past self for like bad things that are going to happen in their future that they have no control over, but that they are going to like stress about? Yeah, I mean, like, what if you, like, say, what if one of us went back to, I don't know, talk to ourselves in, say, just 2000, just say, like, a, a year before 9-11, and it's like, do you say, like, okay, here, like, third or fourth grade child, this thing is going to happen, and this is my only opportunity to try and send a message to before it happens to try and stop it from happening, or do you say, all that I'm going to do is ruin myself because I wouldn't have been able to do anything about that. Yeah. And then like, are you just like, if you do that, do you just end up hurting yourself? Cause you couldn't change that. If you don't do it, do you hate yourself forever for not trying? I mean, or is this like a Kennedy assassination kind of thing where no matter what, in every time travel story ever, a, <laughs> it comes up and B, no one can do anything about it. I mean, in about 30 years, yes, that'll be, yeah, it will be the thing. Yeah. Uh, my, I don't know. My thinking with that is that like, you would be right now. I look back at nine 11 as something that I see and recognize as a tragedy, but did not have the full weight of impact on me at the time as it would have on, you know, most people older, right? Like most. Oh, know, sure. Just cause you were younger at the time. Right. Just because, sure. you know, at the time I, I was nine. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. I was nine. So the, the idea that you like, warn your younger self that this kind of thing is coming and be like, you know, you're, you're creating this, you're, you're like giving it more weight than it might have had otherwise in terms of also like basically giving your younger self a quest to try to find a way to prevent it. But you're talking to a 10 year old who'll never be able to do anything whatsoever. And so you'll create that, that whole thing of, of not being able to stop it. And, and, turn it into this monstrous event in your own life as opposed to this, you know, tragedy that befell the country that you were distantly connected to. But then let's say that you then don't do that. Do you come back and live the rest of your life knowing that you had a chance to send a message to, Oh, I know that I, I know that I had a chance to do something that would have had no effect and would have only ruined my own life. (laughs) Like, that's the thing. It's like, if I know so certainly that I wouldn't have been able to do anything about it and I know how negatively it would affect me at that age, Mm. then I can look at it and intelligently make the decision that like, I didn't, I didn't have a chance. There was no choice to make. There was no chance of preventing 9-11. Like nothing is impossible, but I, you know, I might as well tell my 10 year old self what the numbers are for tomorrow's Powerball so my parents can play it then. Well, I mean, that's a bad illustration of chance because that's a sure thing, but yeah. Like the likelihood of my younger self picking the right five numbers to to win the Powerball the day after is yeah is more likely than being able to prevent nine eleven. Yeah. I gotta say, my only like when when you, we were talking about actually visiting our younger selves or being visited by our older selves, my literal only thought was, well, slap my younger self in the face and say, try not to be such an asshole. And then wait to receive the slap from the older version of me saying, try not to be such an asshole. I don't know. I just, I feel like, I don't think I'm an asshole, but looking back, I've like, I've developed a lot from the relatively shitty person that I think we all are as middle schoolers. Sure. 
And, you know, and in my mind, I'm going back to me in middle school and I just, you know, slap him in the face and say, don't be such an asshole. And like the end, that's it. That's all the wisdom I have to impart on yeah. myself and all the wisdom that I would expect from my future self. Just be kinder. Don't take yourself so seriously. Like, it's all good. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's this. I wouldn't try to change anything. All the things you think matter are the things that don't matter. And all the things that you don't think matter are the things that matter a lot. Shit happens. You know, you'll get through it. We're fine. Thumbs up. I, I don't know. <laughs> Good job, pal. Like, I, I don't know. It's, I wouldn't try to change anything. My, I don't want, I don't like the, the existential horror of the life that is not your own. I don't want to invite that at all. And also, is it fair to make your young, like, let's say, like, you did know a lot of people who either, you know, they died or they fell on really hard time, like shit happened to all these people in your circle. Do you have, do you go back and say, okay, you're going to have to become like a little superhero and try to like save all these people and try to like fix their lives. Like, first of all, is that even possible? Are we going to like have dead whales because of this or like, not even like dead whales, but like emotional dead whale, whatever the emotional equivalent of a dead whale is, right? <laughs> I'm sure emotional dead whale, equivalent of is, a dead whale is a pretty emotional thing to be seen. <laughs> but like, I don't know if it's to have that knowledge and to be a single person trying to deal with that and like fix the world. This, uh, yeah, it does seem like kind of horrifying. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, are you ethically and morally responsible? Like, are, are you obligated to try to no. save people? No. Nope. Fuck it. I, I spent a large portion of my life unlearning the idea that, you know, you have to be responsible for everybody. And at this point, it's just like, no. Like, no. I'm responsible for me, my life. And the only thing I have to say to myself is, don't be an asshole. I don't know. I think I'm in Cleo's boat where I, I don't know that I would say that I do have that like obligation, but I would def that's, I think that's the thing that makes it hard for me is that just like, I went back and even knowing that it probably wouldn't work. Like, do you, I, I think that's my question as well. Just do you have that obligation to try? Yeah. Know? But like, and especially for things like, it's not like, okay, someone was sick and it was a long, and it was really, there was no like, yeah, that, but it's like, stupid little things like someone died in a car accident that could have been easily preventable you know like yeah like things like that things that you that on the surface seem like just a little push and it could all be fixed yeah and i think that that's i mean obviously that kind of temptation is where interesting stories like these come from and things like life is strange where you go back and you can say like oh i can go back and do this little thing and then i'll see where all these things go and i can go back and save william but that hurts chloe and what did you do there and is max a good or bad person for thinking she does have that obligation to again as we were talking about in the thing to be that catcher in the rye where again for holden it means something different but again again clearly there's a reason why she's named max caulfield like she she wants to be that person protecting everybody else not from like the sins of adulthood but from their own mistakes right yeah but i think that's one of the big questions of that game is like was she right to do that and maybe not right, but like, what does that mean? What are the implications of that? Was she obligated to do it? Did she do the right or wrong things? And I think it's questions that the game does a relatively good job of leaving up to you up until at the end when you were kind of getting frustrated, Corinne, where it's just like, yeah, and then it ends with them saying, no, you were wrong to do all of those things. You you changed fate and fate is a thing. And there's one way that it's all supposed to go and you broke the world. But that aside. <laughs> I want everybody to envision my face with just the absolute look of disbelief disgust i don't know what's the word i'm looking for here i, I i'm very i really hate the way life is strange ended really hated it yeah <laughs> well it's just like it kind of leaves you with the feeling of well why did i do any of this like why like what, what am i supposed to take away from this like what am i supposed to learn like that you know you can't change fate it's like okay you, you've spent like five episodes trying to like teach me this shit after like all this other stuff was going on. My whole thing with that's frustrating about that message is that like what or why gives her time travel powers anyway. If the whole point is the universe has a way that things are going to happen and you need to stick to that way. It was like, was she fantasizing about changing the universe so much? The universe was like, she's dangerous. We need to teach her a lesson. Like if, if fate is this, this 
big important thing and and changing time is a problem then why did fate give her time travel powers it seems like a cruel like trickster god thing like fucking loki gave her the powers just so you can be like let me just watch you suffer because i think it's hilarious right because it obviously can't work because of these ways that the universe works though to be fair they do a good job of saying that a lot like there's a bunch of points where max will be talking to someone she's like i can't believe it like i did all this like this is my fault and then Chloe's just like, no, fuck that. You didn't ask for this. You just got it one day. And no one told you at the beginning, if you use your powers, you're going to kill everybody. Like, you were fine, but this is your chance to go back and fix it now that we know. So I I completely agree that, yeah, it does seem like bullshit, but at least it's bullshit that gets kind of lampshaded. And they say it's just like, no, yeah, we don't know what did this. And if there is some kind of, like, cruel trickster god that, like, what you were saying was just like, oh, yeah, let's give her this. And then at the end of the week, she'll feel terrible and have to kill her best friend. Ah! Or, like, what? Like, what the actual reasoning is. But at least the game is upfront about saying. It's like, no, you're not a bad person for trying. Like, you didn't willfully bring this upon everybody. You know, this uh, Life is Strange kind of follows a Greek tragedy kind of format. Where it's, you know, the, the focusing on the trait of the character that is eventually their downfall. And in this case, it's Max's kindness, which is just terrible. Yeah. But also yeah. very Greek tragedy esque. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like what are we supposed to take away as a player? Yeah. From that? what's the lesson here? Like not even as Max, but as the person who has been like guiding Max. Like what are we supposed to so don't don't try to like change shit because I don't know if it's even that. Like I, I think one of the cool things about Life is Strange is I don't know that there is like a concrete takeaway, like a thing that you're supposed to get from it. I think that it's the kind of thing where there's a lot of things that you personally can pull from it and that's going to vary a lot from person to person because i think one of the big themes to it is just i don't know the importance that people can play in a life and even like the minor characters like i liked a lot of the stories with the side characters more than i liked the story with chloe in some kind of weird ways i don't know i think that like looking for the good in everybody and seeing that everyone is kind of more than just a a caricature or something like that and i think that that was a really nice thing from it but no i agree that like i don't know what the take away from that big ending choice is supposed to be i mean is it supposed to be you ask yourself what's more important chloe or everybody i don't know yeah i feel like that's why i like looper the best in terms of like time travel rules because it's all like very very solidly built on human actions there's no unexplained and unexplainable phenomenon that occurs it's science time travel (laughs) no the the this time travel is explained by science it it is created by it is a thing created by science it works consistently within the rules of its own universe and all of the actions and repercussions are actions taken by people and everything resolves because the main character makes a choice to remove himself from the situation got it i misunderstood what you said yes i agree with that yeah yeah i think that's why i like looper the best i can see that this also just brings me back to because almost anything can to have just how smart Futurama is. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> the the there's a late season time travel episode where um uh like uh, this guy gets sent back to prevent Nixon from like winning the Earth presidency for whatever number term this is that he's serving because like there's going to be a robot uprising if he is elected and it's gonna like humanity is gonna get enslaved and blah 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 and he goes back and he wins his campaign and bender's like oh nothing's gonna change we're like what do you mean and then like halfway through his victory speech he just disappears because nixon was never elected so he couldn't be sent back to prevent it so then nixon Mm. just gets elected and it's just it's like the only consistent representation of time travel that's ever like made thematic sense which is doubly weird, though, because also within the universe of Futurama, Fry is his own grandfather. Well, yeah. <laughs> and that just gives him a special brainwave. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. I ultimately digress. Yeah. Great show, though. But yeah, so speaking, though, of Looper and removing yourself from that equation, this is one of those things that I kind of touching back on what I mentioned earlier, where I think there's a lot of things that we see cropping up in two of the three things we chose. And one of, I think, the big ones with that tying between looper and life is strange is that idea of sacrifice at the end which is not really something that jeff really has to go through in at least the same way but where at the end of looper and the end of life is strange i mean joe literally is faced with the decision to just remove himself from that equation and 
change the way it ultimately to make a great personal sacrifice in order to do what is better for the world, arguably. Um, whereas Max is, I think, put in a very similar position. And I think one thing that was really interesting is that, to my memory, everyone saved Arcadia Bay here, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, as weird as this sounds, I don't think that that was necessarily influenced by the fact that we had just watched Looper. But I do think that it's interesting that we had Max arguably make the same choice as Joe. I played Life is Strange months ago and only recently watched Looper for this. So there is no correlation on my end. Yeah. Oh, and I don't think that there necessarily is. But I think it's interesting, though, that the... I just think it's interesting the story is... is the, the stories are reflecting the same thing, right? Like, the Life is Strange as a game is clearly... Like, if you are playing Max as the character Max, her choice is Arcadia Bay. I I think so, too. Right? And so, with Life is Strange sort of guiding you down that path, they're clearly trying to get you to make that choice. That is the choice they consider canon, you know, more or less-ish. Well, yeah, Um, it got ten times the amount of end credits scene time than the other option. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So, you know, that's the story. That's the way they wanted to end the story they were telling with the same idea of self-sacrifice. Which I think is interesting because I think it's something that works really well in a time travel narrative. I mean, obviously, it's the kind of thing that you see in all kinds of narratives. But I think that with something like this where you have this sense of you, you know certain consequences or you are responsible for certain things or, I don't know, for, for whatever reason, it strikes me as something that feels very natural in a time travel story. I mean, are there, are there other time travel stories that anyone can think of that have a similar sort of, that culminate in that kind of self-sacrifice? And again, knowing that that's a pretty common trope just in a lot of fiction. So a lot of this, anything that we come up with is very likely to just be sort of by accident, not necessarily design. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure we're all going to think of something as soon as we're done recording. Oh, uh, sure. I don't know. I Am I am I the only one who thought that that felt like a very sort of natural pairing? Did, I mean, it didn't occur to me, but now that you bring it up, like it feels that way to me for sure. I think also that makes sense because time travel stories often kind of involve a certain level or a question of selfishness like what am i going to change for me or like what am i going to do because i think it's right or like you know you're given kind of godlike powers so you're thinking of yourself a little bit inevitably as a god a little bit and then at the end it's like the only thing you can do is like the most selfless thing and when you've been like ta- given a power that's inherently a little bit selfish in a way yeah or alternatively, when you've exhausted all other options, the only thing left to explore is selfless actions. <laughs> like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. I mean, arguably replay as well. Yeah. <laughs> he starts off trying to be selfless with the JFK thing and then immediately, but that's not even the first thing he does. First thing he does is makes a shit ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Very, very important though. Yeah. If you want to live your ambitious new time travel enabled lifestyle. You're not living a yeah. selfless life. You just you you're on the hunt for new experiences and you've already exhausted all of the selfish ones so you just you're like well guess it's time to be a hero yeah, you've run <laughs> see out what of, kind of kicks i can get from that you've run out of new books to read <laughs> that Which, would suck actually yeah to be fair going back to my saying that i would choose the replay one that it sounds absurd but that is genuinely one of the things that i think would be really hard about that is like you've got all this time it's like a it's it's not quite the twilight zone thing but you have all this time to read but you have the same set of stuff and you can, you're just going to run out yeah. and you have to actively sit around and wait until some book that came out like later in your life that you wanted to get to is eventually released. I mean, I guess you'd read a bunch of classics, but still. Yeah. Okay. So with that, I think that, I think that that's going to put a cap on our lifetime travel series. Uh, Next up is going to be escape where we're going to be starting with The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay by Michael Chabon. And then we're going to be watching The Prestige, directed by Christopher Nolan. And we're going to be playing Nine Persons, Nine Hours, Nine Doors uh, by Spike. I don't think it's Spike Entertainment. I think it's just Spike. Is this uh, pre-Chunsoft? Is that... it, Chunsoft was the publisher of it, but I okay. don't think that they were Spike Chunsoft at that point. Gotcha. Um, yeah, fun fact. Uh, it's like playing an old square or enix game yeah um but yeah so that's gonna be a lot of fun definitely look forward to that that's going to be starting up 
No, Justin doesn't think it's no, going to no, be fun. No, no. <laughs> I, was, I was teasing Cleo. I kicked my microphone stand. Uh, but yeah, with that, thank you so much for sticking with us for this whole topic. I think it's been a really good one. I'm excited for the next. Um, I'll, I'll be coming back for that. Yeah, should we announce that now? Sure. I, I was going to leave it for the first episode of the next Oh, one. like a surprise? I'm into it. Yeah. Oh, but this like, way like we didn't know that you like you were a guest on this one, and then between series we talked about you like coming on full time, and then in the beginning of the next. Were we just like... fabricating the way this whole production <laughs> process works? Oh, it, the whole thing has been a lie. <laughs> All of it. None of us actually read Armada. <laughs> we got through of, the first. Of only that five one true. <laughs> Why does that require artifice? Of all things, to require artifice. We should go back and figure out what we need to re-record. <laughs> I'm just creating a compelling narrative here. Okay. Well, the end. <laughs> okay, bye, guys. How are we gonna edit that? <laughs> just you can stop it here. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can stop it here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Read Watch Play. If you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is to tell your friends about the show. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to find us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rwppodcast. Check out our Tumblr at rwppodcast.tumblr.com. And look out for our game streams on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rwppodcast. So let's talk about something really important. Love is strange. (laughs) Are we sure we want to get into this? Because, like... I think we briefly need to touch on it. Because it's interesting, because it's taking life is strange, removing the time travel element completely from it. And also everything else about it, and just making it a dating sim. Yeah, it's... I don't think it's... I don't think it's relevant, but I don't mind talking about it. I'm going to veto. Okay, okay. (laughs) really fair. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're we're far enough along. But all of that that we just said has to be included. <laughs> <laughs>